It's episode two of the Improv London podcast with Stephen Davidson and Christelle Claudette. This ain't gonna be easy. Welcome to episode two. I'm your host, Stuart Moses, and today we have a very special episode for you, um, much in the style of a very special episode of Blossom. And we have two guests. We have Stephen and Christelle, and we're having a bit of a roundtable discussion about improv in general, and in particular, a show that we're hoping to put on soon. And we're and we go. Rolling. That seems reasonable. Exciting! Exciting! Good. Exciting! Good. Well, thank you very much for joining me. Sure. Welcome. Um, welcome, Stephen. Hi. <laughs> welcome, Christelle. Hello. <laughs> and we're going to talk about improv. Yep. <laughs> and we're going to talk about how we got into improv, what we like about improv. It's going to be amazing. <laughs> good. Good. Wow. That, that sounds like a good place to start then, Stuart. <laughs> Shall I start? Yeah. yeah. Where do we start? Right, okay, so I got into improv through tabletop role-playing, because I, I know you think I'm a pretty, pretty cool guy, but no, no, <laughs> I have this uh, uh, other side to me, and uh, ever since university I've played tabletop role-playing games, uh, such as Call of Cthulhu, and um, that's, that's like cooler than Dungeons & Dragons. You know? It's good that you mentioned Dungeons & Dragons, though, because I feel like that's the one that people know. Yeah. Well, it's like Dungeons and Dragons, but so much cooler. So it's a cooler. nice point of reference. It's set in the. Why 90- is it cooler? Well, it's all dressed de- differently. It's all, de- it's all degrees of cool. Not dressed at all. Sorry. Um, we're, we're, you, no, always dressed. Um, so this is uh, we're sitting around the table and essentially we're telling a story, and one person is the keeper or the dungeon master, and. You tell a story, essentially. So there are lots of similarities with improv, especially the way that I play it, because much like there are many ways to improvise, there's also many ways to role-play. So I've been doing that for quite a few years, and some of the people I played with were so amazing at coming out with stuff that if I didn't like them so much, I would really hate them, because they were just so good at it. And I thought, well, you know, I also want to be really good at this. How about I get some training... And uh, luckily, I work with somebody who is on the improv scene, and who I hope to be a interviewee on a later podcast, Emily. And I uh, went and spoke to her, and she recommended Hoopla, and so I went along to Hoopla, and I did the beginners course. Um, I did the beginners course three times <laughs> because I you really liked it. <laughs> well, I did really like it, yes. Uh, but also, uh, it took me a long time to get confident because I wanted to do the performance course but you know performing at the Miller seemed like a huge step forward and I wasn't quite ready for that so I did the beginners course three times but it was okay because the first time it was with um, Edgar and Maria and then it was with Maria and then it was with Steve so I had different people each time and what I learned was almost the first term it was don't censor yourself and then the second time I did it was like 
okay, don't censor yourself, but maybe not share every single idea in your head, because uh, that makes it hard for the other person improvising. And then by the third time, I was, okay, I sort of feel I've got enough to do, do it. And then I moved on to the performance course. So that's how I got into improv. Nice. I really like that you viewed it as a learnable skill, because I feel like a lot of people I talk to who aren't in improv feel like it doesn't suit them because they don't see themselves being able to do that in yes. some kind of way. Yes. Whether it's stage fright or just they don't think that they're clever enough. Um, so it's really nice that you saw that it was just a thing you needed to practice at. Yes. Um, I find that I find that way of looking at the world much more helpful <laughs> because um, otherwise you look around at these people and you think, wow, they're amazing. They can do all these things. But actually it's worth thinking, well, maybe they've been doing it for 10 mm. years and maybe they went Some to drama skills. school and maybe they've yeah. spent lots of time on the stage. And I find that mm. very sort of empowering way of looking at the world. I think it's really an important thing. I'm, I'm a music teacher in my real life. <laughs> um, and I, I often find that it's the key difference between people who are successful at learning something new and people who aren't is that they just they see their own progress within that framework of uh, just that they've been doing it for X amount of time and they need more hours before they get better. Yes. A lot of people will just sort of think, oh, no, I'm not talented and they'll just stop when actually it's just a skill they've not bothered to perfect. Yeah. And I think there's a certain amount of talent, but there's also a lot of work. And if you put the work in, it's amazing how suddenly more talented you get. <laughs> yeah, you get more confident the more hours you spend doing something, yeah. any craft, any, anything. Yeah. And I think the skills get more ingrained so you don't feel like you're working as hard, mm -hmm. even if you're doing more. So how did you get into improv? Um, I got into improv in kind of a weird way as well, actually. I, my sort of big academic thing I did in my master's degree was a paper about how people learn musical improv, specifically free improv, which doesn't have any chord structure or rules objectively. Hmm. Um, so if there aren't any rules, it's kind of a difficult thing to teach in a way. But lots of people do teach it, and in various different styles. Um, and part of the research I did on that was reading a bunch of books about other genres of improv, so dance and theatre and etc. And I thought that it sounded like a lot of fun. So I went along to a class and really, really liked it. Who was that class with? Um, that was in Montreal with Improv Montreal. I think my teacher was Mark. Yeah. It, it was lovely, and then I picked it up again when I moved over here. Brilliant. So how long have you been doing it? Uh, I think my first class was probably six years ago, but I've not done it consistently. Um, it took me a while when I came to London to find improv classes that really resonated for me and to find people that I was really excited to play with. Um, just because the first ones that I took when I got over here were short form, which I hadn't done before and which took a little bit of getting used to because it's a very different way of thinking um, and not really my natural place to play from. So I sort of, I was a little bit lukewarm on that at first. Uh, but then I found classes at the nursery and then later at Hoopla that really did work for me and I've been hitting it very hard 
since I kind of got into that. <laughs> brilliant, brilliant. Christelle, how did you get into improv? Um, I found myself wanting to write again screenplays, and I hadn't uh, hadn't been writing for quite some time, and just being faced with a blank page and thinking about characters and stories and plots, and I <clears throat> I felt I needed to um, exercise my brain, and um, I did a little bit of acting when I was when I was younger, um, and I I don't know why. <laughs> It was about a year ago. Um, I don't know why I did it. I kind of started to think, I need to try some improv. I need to do some improv and just do it for the fun of it and then see what happens. And as soon as I started, I thought, this is so much fun. And also just getting into the habit of thinking about characters and plots and stories and that, that, this, this or, or just observing people and just um, listening to people more and and just being more aware of of the of of everything and people around you, it's just so much more. You, I think your your brain becomes so much more interested and so much more creative, and you want to do more and and discover more. So yeah, it's and I I I've kind of I don't know where I'm at at the moment. Well, we'll find out very soon. But um, <laughs> I never really saw myself as a performer, but just um, using it as a source of um, uh, yeah for to expand my imagination and um, but but it's just so much fun when you're there in the moment and playing with people and there's that connection and you're really able to to um to to be present and and to react and and just to see what's going on in other people's mind is just fascinating yes um so when did you uh how did you get to find improv in london what classes did you do classes first or did you um, I, I decided to go with a drop-in at the nursery. Oh, right, cool. Yeah, on the Saturday. Um, and then I kind of kept going to the Saturday, and then I, I decided, no, no, I need something else. So then I went on Monday, on Wednesdays, uh, more intensive uh, character scenes, scene works and, and things like that. And, um, yeah, and that's that's practically all I've done. That's, that's all I've done, really. <laughs> and have you, uh, have you found that it has helped... Has it helped your writing? Oh, hello, busy cat. Yes, it has, uh, dramatically. Um, I think I'm still, you know, kind of um, using the screenplay methods to think about characters and plots and moving the story and characters' arcs and things like that. But um, I think it's made me more aware of the, the subtleties in of, of a, a character or um the 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 the, uh, the tilts and all this what what how what can you put your character through and how they're going to react through that so yeah it's it's definitely helped me think and also it's because i think about it all the time now so it's my head all the time so it's kind of easier it's not just like oh oh it's a monday morning i need to write uh, and then you have to kind of open the book again it's just it's a constant thing it's it's a it's a lifestyle. Is yeah. that correct? It yeah, becomes yeah. more yeah. part of a lifestyle rather yeah. than something you do. Yeah. It's probably why improv has a bit of a reputation as being a cult. In a way. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, it is fun and lovely and addictive in that sort of way, but it does also change how you see the world yeah. uh, to a certain extent, just because there's so much overlap between 
interacting with people in a scene and interacting with people just out in the world as a human. Mm -hmm. So I think it does make you observant in a different way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because also the things that you do yourself, like yes ending and things like that, or listening to people, you're, it, you, you, it changes you and then you change. So it's that organic... Um, for me, it came from a need to write, to becoming, yeah, changing my personality, which changes the way I think about writing, and, and it kind of goes on like this. Yeah, so it sounds like a virtuous circle. Um, it's interesting, I didn't realise that you um, wrote, um, because when I improvise with you, it seems that you're very in the moment, and I think, I don't know... <laughs> but with some writers, I don't know, are they trying to think in kind of plot terms? Are they kind of quite in their head when they improvise? I don't know if that's a generalisation about... I think that might be more just about different playing styles and training than writers. Um, I mean, the three of us have trained together a lot at the nursery, and I think they really focus on uh, developing the emotional reality of a character and their relationships with other characters. Yes. Um, whereas other schools are much more focused on game and things like that and have more sort of methodical approaches towards writing improv that I think move it more towards a sketch writing kind of mindset. Yeah. So I feel like it's maybe that style of improv training that you feel more the writery instincts right, than... Yes. Maybe just because somebody was a writer in their day job. Yeah, no, that's, that's an interesting distinction. Yeah. And I think that helps, helps me understand why I enjoy the nursery's approach so much, <laughs> because I'm not really good at doing sketches. There's part of me that would love to do sketches, but it's such an alien kind of thing mm -hmm. to me. Um, and trying to be funny, that never works. Um, but emotions, and I can do them. I've got loads of them. You can have loads of those. <laughs> Here's some more emotion. Is I've probably got too much emotion, frankly. So no, it's nice to have. <laughs> it's nice to have a place where you can go. In our case, on Wednesday nights at the nursery, where you're able to express those emotions in a safe and comfortable, cherished position. Um, it is therapy. I don't care. I don't care when people say it's not. It is. Well, it is for me anyway. I think I'm still more need of it than other people. <laughs> yeah, I, I, what surprised me when I first started was to see the different styles and the different types of uh, improv that existed. It was kind of uh, opening like this kind of book where there's so many different worlds and so many different things. And um, I, I think I stuck with the nursery as well because that kind of suits me as well. It's yeah. it's all about these characters and these emotions rather than the witty or the witty sketches in in some ways but um but it's fascinating and it seems to be changing as well and and finding the fun even within something these kind of dramatic um emotions as well is just so exciting and it might take a little longer or you know i don't know yeah. but but um it's it's really quite um interesting to see how comedy can come out of uh, a setup that is not set up for comedy in some yeah. ways. Yeah. And uh, it, it's a question of setting your mind to op opening your mind in some ways or opening the the game to, to be 
open to comedy and just not refraining it by saying, you know, this, this is the world of, you know, characters and da 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 and emotions and so I think it's it's quite fascinating and it seems to be changing all the time as well. It seems that there's more and more ways of of people experimenting with different ways of yes. of um, of improvising. Yes, it's very interesting what you're saying about the rules because um, although I've learned the rules in various improv classes, as soon as I'm improvising. I don't have enough spare brain power to bring the rules to mind. <laughs> yeah. I'm so busy trying to listen to the other person and to sort of be in the moment and imagine the scene that I can't, I can't then think, oh, uh, what's the game of the scene? Because I don't have that spare brain power. I mean, I'm sure I did. I'm sure there's some people that do. And I, I am deeply jealous of those people, but it's just not the way in which, <laughs> it's not just the way in which I work, which is fine. I'm, I'm quite happy with that, but it's just not the way I work. Yeah, I think that's also just practice and exposing yourselves to different styles, which it's tricky because I think when you first start, you really, really want to find a style that resonates for you and stay in it until you're really happy and comfortable. Um, but I've definitely found that as I've gotten more confident, I've gotten more and more out of classes that didn't really suit me. Oh, that's interesting. Because I think... Just the more you know yourself as an improviser, the happier you are to say, okay, this is not my usual way of doing things, but I'm just going to have at it anyway. Um, well, for example, I'm doing a UCB course at the moment, an intensive, which when I did the 100 level uh, at the beginning of the year, I really, really hated it. Really? <laughs> um, I did it because I thought it would be good for me. But um, it, to my taste, it's very, very aggressive um, and I don't love going in and stating a premise in the first line because then I feel like the rest of the scene um, it sort of writes itself in a way that is less satisfying to me than going in with nothing and finding it yeah um, yeah but now having done a whole lot of other improv in the interim going back to it I feel like it's just a muscle I'm working out at the gym, right. so yeah. I'll just happily go in, have an idea, say it, make it happen, and although it's not, you know, artistically fulfilling, <laughs> in because that's quite what the we're same in the artistic <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Um, I I do feel like it's a good skill, and I think the better I know that skill, the better I can interact with players who really come strongly from that background. Yes. Because um, I think you do just have to be flexible and meet people halfway sometimes. Yes, yes. Um, if I always want to come in with nothing and just faff around until I've got it, I yeah. feel like a very premisey player would quickly either get frustrated with me or just think I had no idea what the fuck I was doing. Yeah. So it's it's kind of nice to widen your frame of reference as and when you're ready. Yeah. No, it is, I mean, for me, there's a balance because sometimes it's just nice to go along to a class where you know you're comfortable, mm. you know you can do it, and you may have done these exercises before, and that's also fine, but you just want to go somewhere and just, you know, enjoy yourself. And I think there is value in doing exercises that you've done before, and I'm all, you know, if I've done it yeah. before, I'm happy to do it again. Oh, yes, it's brilliant when it's something new and exciting, but, you know, just you're doing it with different people and you've changed because yeah. you're a different person. So there's a lot of value in that. Uh, but yes, I 
I have experimented with trying classes that I wasn't sure I would enjoy. Um, but I'm not quite so sure I'm as brave as you when it comes to that. <laughs> um, the particular uh, school that I um, tried, I will remain nameless, but I was like, I'm really glad I didn't try this first because if I thought all improv was like this, I possibly wouldn't be doing it totally. now. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's why I think you know, Hoopla or the nursery are really great places to start um, and you can go on and do other things. Um, I mean, there are probably other, I don't know, I've not studied that many places. There are probably lots of other places people start in the spontaneity shop or sprout ideas mm -hmm. and they all seem to thrive, so. Yeah. Well, I think it really depends on who you are as a person because I'm sure there are lots of people who would love uh, that style because We've talked about this before, and I know which class you mean. <laughs> and there are many okay. loyal people there. <laughs> um, it just sort of depends on who you are and what works for you. <laughs> yes, there is a great diversity in improv, and that's a, that's a wonderful it's thing. Beautiful. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's one of the many beautiful things about improv. Have you tried classes outside of the nursery? I have not yet tried classes outside. Are you tempted? I am now, listening to you. I think I need it. to put myself through hell. Yes, even if you hate it. <laughs> yes, okay. Sounds like something I have to do. Yes, my um, personal promise to you is that you will love hating it. Oh, <laughs> right. I can't wait. But I, I had a bit of an experience. I, I think I've been doing improv for like about two months or something like that. And I, Jubil was in town and I mm. went to a Jubil class. And it was five hours, and I thought my brain was going to explode <laughs> on the walls. It was just, um, yeah, my heart was pounding. I, I just kept asking myself, why on earth did you decide to do this? Really? Why, why are you here? What? And then every time having to go back and, and perform um, with very experienced uh, improvisers. And mm. just, uh, yeah, but it was amazing. I mean, yeah. I, I didn't regret doing that. It was the most amazing thing to do. So. It can be so um, intimidating, I think, to be in a room full of people who you know have been doing it for years. Yeah. And you just kind of, because so many things aren't stated explicitly, you just sort of feel like they must know things that you don't, and there's some kind yeah. of secret that you've not been let in on yet. Um, oh. But what I've found, sort of the more I've branched out in the improv community, is even if people are very, very experienced and really good and successful, they're just extraordinarily welcoming people, I mm. think. Yeah, um, sure. It's one of the least cliquey scenes that I've ever encountered or heard of. And I feel like um, it's just, you can trust improvisers in a really sort of beautiful way. And I would think in most classes, I would hope in most classes, if you are in a scene with somebody who's very, very experienced, they would consider it their job to look after you. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and in, very in, generous. Yeah, uh, yeah, and in in many ways, performing with an experienced improviser should actually be a lot easier because they know what they're doing. <laughs> You'd think so. Yeah. <laughs> it, it often is in my uh, personal experience. Yeah. Um, yes, it's and it's interesting when you've got people who are less experienced because uh, there's something. Um, I remember when I did my first classes at Hoopla. Um, there's a kind of, it's, it's not quite in, an innocence, but 
almost anything could happen because they don't yeah. really know the rules. So yeah, yeah, it could be amazing. It could be terrible, and it, but it's it's yeah. exciting. It's really good. I mean, for you as well to play with absolute beginners because I think it puts a lot of uh, emphasis to be explicit yes. in a way that you might not with uh, a more experienced player. Um, just to specifically state, here's our relationship. This is why I'm doing this. My motivation is this. Um, gosh, it's really odd that that happened. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Here, I'm going to do it again just for emphasis. Um, yeah, and I think it's tempting to get very coy when you're playing with somebody who you know is good and just assume that they understand what's happening. Where, whereas uh, with a beginner, you sort of up your game a little bit in yeah. a way that's probably healthy. <laughs> So, um, do we have a favourite class that we've we've taken? At the risk of turning this podcast into an advertisement for the nursery, <laughs> <laughs> um, I did with you. I mean, you know this a twelve-week musical intensive last fall with Jules. Yeah. Um, and I really, really loved it. Um, just because I think it's potentially a scary thing yeah. to get up and sing and be under that time pressure and the pressure to rhyme and then also have to look after the scene. Um, and I was quite new to long form when I did it as well. So I sort of was still working on those skills in a very sort of basic way. But I felt like um, Jules really worked a lot to make us comfortable and feel like we could do it. and. Yes. In my opinion, he was successful. Yes, definitely. Um, I think the vast majority of the class uh, stayed with it and were comfortable to perform in the end of term thing. Whereas I think a lot of people walking into the first class 12 weeks uh, before the show were thinking that it was maybe going to be scary and they weren't really sure and they would just, you know, give it a try. Um, but I, I really love the environment and the group energy that evolved yes. there and I find that's a thing that happens often at the nursery is the group of people bonds in yeah. a way yes. that I've not always found at other uh, classes oh, that's interesting yeah um, yes that that course is is my the, my favorite one that I've ever done and I had done a weekend um, a hoopla improvised singing weekend with Maria and Phil. So I'd done that. Oh, and yeah, there's another story about what's... I should tell you that story. I've mentioned that story now. Shouldn't I? I've mentioned Okay. So I've, got, I've mentioned the story, so now I've got to tell a story. Because um, otherwise it makes it sound a lot more exciting than it actually was. Um, I, when I was doing my um, hoopla performance course, I was really, really worried about the performance. I was absolutely terrified. And I was like, I'm just going to like do as many classes as I can so that when this performance comes around, I've got loads and loads of experience. Um, to the extent that I went down on a Thursday night down to Brighton and did the May Days drop in there. Um, wow, that's dedication. Well, yeah, and, but it was, you know, I think it was, um, you know, it was a lovely sunny day. I got to go down for a walk down by the beach on the pier, went along to improv class. Um, and Heather and Joe from the May Days were running it, and it was an improvised singing class, and I did not know this when I went down, and uh, there's part of me that went, oh no, there's part of me that went, oh, I think I'm really going to like this, I think this is <laughs> going to be amazing. 
and uh, it was absolutely amazing. And it, I mean, the whole evening was amazing because it was just you know going somewhere different, the place I love, and then doing this amazing class, just with you know people I hadn't met before. But it just made me think, okay, I really love improv, but you add singing to it, and it's like it's another level um, because um, the music adds an extra layer of emotion. So it's heightened emotion already. And also, um, it's the vulnerability. Because when you're singing, you're more vulnerable when, than when you're speaking. Um, and, yeah, that, that's what got, got me hooked on, on, on musical improv. Um, and, yeah, so, yeah, but that course we did with Jules uh, was amazing. And, uh, and doing the show at the Rag Factory at the end was um, hilarious. <laughs> it was very good fun. It was. Christelle, have you got a favourite favourite class or a favourite exercise or something that you've done? Um, I like I like the uh, the the uh, scene intensive at the nursery again. Um, when we have when we take the time to go into the characters and just the the um, the pace of it is is great. I mean, I I, I love the games; they're fun. But but I really like when we work really deep into um, letting the emotions come come through and and really kind of working with the your scene partner and why are you laughing? <laughs> because we're just I'm listening to you and I'm just remembering things that we've done at the class and it just makes me happy. <laughs> Can't help it. Being with you two people makes me happy in, in the nursery. Makes me happy, and oh dear. <laughs> Improv people are, I think, just uniformly lovely. I've never ever met an improviser I didn't like. And oh trust really? Mm. Yeah. Oh no, I have. Oh really? <laughs> well, that's a different story. I mean, there's definitely people with different styles from me. Maybe but... you're just a nicer person than I am. Well. That, that is true, though. <laughs> that is... Yeah. I, I mean, think... I'm Canadian, though, so that's not really a fair contest even to start off with, right? <laughs> You've got home. I, th I think that um, there's a couple of things that you need to kind of grasp when you first start. And I think, like, sometimes, you know, it's great to, I mean, to, uh, imp to do some improv with, with beginners. But then I remember as well, uh, at the very beginning, not understanding a certain amount of things, like not yes ending and... and um, and I think sometimes you you you'll you'll find yourself with someone who who doesn't yet have this this basic things and that can right. that can make the scene quite difficult because you need to be quite experienced to go yeah. around the nose and uh, hmm. uh, no I'm not going on your trip and um, yes. and so if you if you are not experienced enough you just don't know how to kind of work with that yes. and work around that. So that can make the relationship difficult and you may find it okay. Yeah, that can be really, really difficult to navigate without casting the other person as just being crazy in the scene. Yeah. Which I feel like could be off-putting to a beginner if that's mm -hmm. your solution is just to make them a crazy person and carry on regardless. It's sort of, it's dismissive, but it, there's a certain skill, I think, in navigating just whatever they've said is true, even if it's mm -hmm. ridiculous and conflicts with what you've said. Yeah. Yes, because you've I feel you. <laughs> you've kind of got well, a couple of options. One is to call them out and make them the crazy person, so you're in the same world, 
but they're a crazy person. Mm-hmm. And the other option is to try and, well, three options maybe. There's the other option is to go along with them and be peas in the pod and also yeah. be a crazy person. Or you can try and justify it. Is that also, is that the same as the first option? One of the things um, I was, I can't remember who said it originally, but it's like we can go to Crazy Town, but we don't need to take the express there. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you. I can't remember who it was that said that, but it's like, um, yes, actually, that's really helped me um, because, and, and by starting normal, by starting at a, a normal sort of level, gives you a place to go. Whereas if you're going crazy, it's hard to get crazier because you're already crazy, that sort of thing. Yeah. Well, and there's the other improv saying that we're all poets, artists, and geniuses. That's Del Close, isn't it? It sounds like a Del Close type of thing, doesn't it? (laughs) Yeah, I'll go with you on that. Um, (laughs) Which I think is even more important to apply with somebody who doesn't know what they're doing. So if they say, no, that's not a gun, it's a banana, it's a fucking banana. And (laughs) you have to figure out why that's your job. Um, They're a genius for saying it's a banana. Yes. That's the challenge, I guess. I mean, and I find that uh, that saying really helpful because there are times, and this applies. It, it's it's like uh, what Christelle was saying about how improv things apply in improv, and they also apply in real life. Um, if I expect other people to think I'm a genius, a poet, etc., um, I will sometimes um, say on Facebook I might um, post something that isn't quite there or isn't quite a full idea or it's kind of a joke and it's almost getting there but I'm not expecting to do a full joke what I'm doing is I'm giving someone something that they can then build on and then they can add on mm-hmm. um, and that 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 whole saying has given me a lot of confidence in my improvisation it's like I don't um, have to self-edit so much I can just come up with something and I trust the other person that's gonna, yeah. gonna make me look good that's the beautiful thing I, I love that 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 trust thing and you know that it's the magic of creating, I think. It's when you, you put something out there and then somebody takes it and makes it completely something else and you're just amazed about what's going out and, and, and then you build on that and you let it travel and go on a little journey. Oh, that's really odd. <laughs> but it's, that's, that's the magic of it it's, and, and the fact that you're doing that in the moment. It's yes. not rehearsed. It's all now and, and then it'll be gone and, and you'll have fun and that's it goodbye and you know it's just lovely such a lovely thing no i completely agree it's sort of i think the only way to do it wrong is not to start the journey for fear of saying yeah. something mm, yeah. incorrect which yeah. is just a lovely place to be starting from I yeah think. there is no wrong thing except in action yeah but it does take to trust yourself as yeah, well that you're not saying outrage. something like completely yeah. off the wall or that you know it's tough at first, I think, when you say something by accident and it either gets a laugh or ends up being the thing of the scene and you think, oh, God, <laughs> I'm not a genius at all. That was an accident. It's just I'm getting laughed at for being stupid. Um, but, yeah, I think you just you get used to it and you surrender to that a little bit and you appreciate the stupidity in a very nice way. Yeah. 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 And also, it's an amazing thing that you're up on stage and making stuff up that even if you're the worst improviser in the world but you still get up on stage you're still doing something more than many people would do in a million years and even going to an improv class or something like that that's you know that that's a terrifying we go to any sort of class it's a terrifying thing Mm -hmm. so you know you've got to think about how 
not not take things for granted because it becomes normal to us because we go to this class mm. every most Wednesdays and it's just the thing we do. But actually, getting out of the house and going and doing something is still, I would argue, an achievement. Mm. Cool. Right. So, one of the reasons we're here tonight, apart from to record this podcast, is that we're going to be performing together. Yes. At, uh, actually, I haven't heard back confirming that we are. Hopefully we're going to be performing <laughs> together soon. Let's just say that. Uh, we will. We will. We'll find a space. We'll find we'll a make stage. It happen. At some point. It may not be the stage we're thinking of. It probably will be. That just suddenly occurred to me. Um, but, um, yeah, what would be fun to do is to talk, and I think we're all pretty much on, on the same page, which is partly the reason why we've performed this group to perform. Um, but maybe just talk about the sort of improv that we like to watch that maybe we're hoping to do something in the style of. Well, I think I think one thing that we saw recently, all of us, was emotion play, which yes. was something that I particularly enjoyed. Yes. And the comedy was there. It was fun. Um, I I loved the, the this idea of having a place, a specific space that. Um, tells different stories yes, so the stories yes. just there's layers and layers and layers of stories that is built on um what i thought was very interesting is having that constraint um how it was performed for three or four weeks or something like that mm-hmm. and I, every time it, it was also different sometimes the uh, location was important other times it wasn't um to see uh uh, threads of stories uh, carrying through the the t- through time, and I, I really, I really, really enjoyed that. I think that was something that um, I was, you know, we were talking about um, emulating. Yeah, yeah. I feel like there was a lot of love in that show. Mm-hmm. It, I think it it sat really well for me as well, and I think it, as the first of the nurseries originals series it it really felt like a nursery kind of show for that reason yeah. because they took their time it was all about the characters relationships and they took the time to feel their emotions and I feel like every time I saw emotion play the common thread running through all of the scenes was love in one mm-hmm. way or another um, whether it be for people or the place or mm-hmm. anything yeah I agree it was beautiful Mm. Yes, um, I agree. And I watched it and I thought, okay, I'm not there yet, but that's the sort of thing that it would be possible for me to do. Because I watch some other people and I think, I'm never going to be that funny. Yeah. I'm never going to be <laughs> yeah. able to think of puns. I'm not sure, <laughs> I, I'm sure I'm sad that I can't do puns, but... I'd sort of like to be able to do puns, but then I wouldn't do the So puns. then you could just decide not to on yeah. moral grounds I'd rather like... than intellectual <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly it. I'd have all these puns and I would like go, no. I'm just going to keep this to I myself. Keep my... No one would know that I had all these puns that I wasn't using, but I would know. It's really hard to have a good pun and not say it, though. I mean, I don't know if I could do that. I don't think I've ever really had a good pun. I just, oh. my mind doesn't work like that. How do people's minds work like that? I don't know, maybe you'll just wake up with a pun one day and think, oh, I need to share this with the world. <laughs> maybe that's what we should do. We should, we should ask people for a good pun to start our improv. <laughs> and then and the watch. whole show is us standing there for 15 minutes waiting for someone to come up with a pun. <laughs> 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 
Time up. <laughs> um, yeah, brilliant. Well, I think, uh, yes, uh, that sounds great. And that sounds a great uh, style that I think the three of us could uh, emulate. Um, so, what are we going to do for a call out? Are we going to ask for a suggestion? Are we going to pretend we're TJ and Dave and just go, trust us, this is all made up and not ask for a suggestion? <laughs> I really like getting a suggestion because I think it makes it impossible to plan. Um, not no, I no, I was going to just plan it. I was going to plan it. That I'm was my whole plan. I'm not a planner at all. I love no. improv where I just go in with absolutely nothing, but it's so, so... It's so much more immediate when you get a word and you just... The first thing that pops in yeah. kind of is there organically. I really like that. Okay. Yeah. So, okay, so we'll, we'll do a call out. We'll ask for a, a suggestion. And, um, but do we need to slant the suggestion? Yeah. Should, we, should we make it specific to something? Or? I'm happy with just a word, but if you guys have other thoughts... I quite like... I've seen people ask for a song lyric. Oh, that's quite nice. Which is quite interesting. Yeah. I just think with a word... Well, what I think I'd like to do is I'd like to narrow it down a bit. Because mm. if, someone asks, if you ask for a word, people are going to go... Spatula... Abattoir. Film, film noir. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sometimes. It needs to be something personal, something like yeah. that, that that came at an emotional moment in your life. Yeah. or But not too hard. No, but song lyrics do that because you yeah. wouldn't yeah. have taken the time to remember it if it didn't mean something. Yes. Yeah. Or it was just catchy it's and interesting. Meaningful. I mean, the thing is, music is my thing. So that's, to me, that's what I would want. I would want yeah. a song lyric. Ideally, I want to go... What's your favourite Duran Duran song? And then base it on that, but that's another story. That's <laughs> very specific, Stuart. <laughs> I, I just want to appeal to one or two people in the audience, yeah. and I want them to really, really enjoy the show. I don't really and care about And neither of your else. group members. And neither of the group members. It's me and the one or two people in the audience. I genuinely can't name a Duran Duran song at all. Oh, so that's, that's very disappointing. I'm sorry. Rio? No, Rio? The, the City? That's a Duran Duran song. Oh. Never mind. Um, <laughs> yeah, there, there's a whole... Uh, I've got to start saying it now, because I've started saying it. Uh, no, I can't say it. There's a whole, there's a whole Duran Duran improv idea that I've got going on with Sarah from the Blended Lifestyles. Fantastic. <laughs> but I think it would just... It would be me and her that it would really amuse them. Like, a few... Probably just Duran Duran, really. <laughs> <laughs> You can't be the only two improvisers in the world who like Duran Duran. No, that's right. Anyway, I feel like I've derailed the podcast slightly. Uh, but yeah, we could go song lyric. Um, I mean, that's just making a little bit... I mean, when I saw you perform with the Blended Lifestyles, um, and it was a request for a happy place? Yeah. Um, our format seems to keep shifting as we sort of find our feet as a Evolving. team. Evolving. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I like shifting actually because I don't I'm not sure we're really goal oriented as improvisers really. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um Yeah, our call out was a happy place and we started with the scene paint. Um but I think stuff like that really depends on how many people and how much time you have. Yes. I almost feel like openings in a way they're a way to make sure everybody's in it from the beginning. Yes. Whereas I think if you have a big team and you just started off with two-person scenes, there's at least one asshole who's just standing there for quite a long time before they do anything. 
Um, and it can be really easy to retreat into your head or start overthinking yes. in that kind of case. I feel like with three people, we don't really need much time. <laughs> Especially given we've nope. got 15 minutes. Yeah. Let's just have at it. <laughs> uh, okay, so are we going to go um, for a, a song lyric as a, as a call? Yeah, I'm yeah. with that. Yeah? Yeah, no, no more specific than that, like, uh, that reminds you of, or... A song lyric about the moon. No, 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 no that's, that's amazing. Something. I just want to do improv based on song lyrics about the moon. Oh, yeah. Just, no, but there's, there's something beautiful about the specificness of that. And it might take people a couple of seconds to get it, but, you know, New Moon on Monday, that's a very good Duran Duran song about. What well, day no, you no. go. <laughs> it's, a, it's an improv about Duran Duran, actually. Uh, well, that, that's ultimately what I'm trying to do by the back door for all my improv. All uh, of your improv is secretly Duran Duran based. It is, yes, and sometimes not so secretly. <laughs> okay, so we're gonna uh, we're gonna do a yeah, okay. We'll do do a song lyric. A song lyric. Yeah, I think that's I think that's it's a sort of thing that's a little bit interesting, but it's not too difficult. Um, okay, <laughs> so <laughs> what are you laughing at? No, nothing. Sorry, I um. <laughs> well, you have to share now. Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I, I kind of saw it um evolving as we perform and just being becoming very, very, very specific. <laughs> Give me a song lyric about yeah, the moon or the moon howling at the a dog howling at the moon. Hungry like the wolf. Another Duran Duran. Yeah, a song lyric about a wolf or about something about. <laughs> I don't know. How many times can we do an improv about Thriller or Hungry Like the Wolf? <laughs> there's something beautiful about something that. that, it's that we, are, we are a group that just performs improv <laughs> based on one Michael Jackson song. And that's all we do. Oh, yeah. And every, day, every time we do it, we ask for maybe a different time period or a different genre. And we just do Thriller. But in a <laughs> or every time we have to configure the ask so that somebody will yell the word thriller in one way or another. <laughs> and we'll wait 15 minutes until they do that. I've got this really good idea for a Terminator, uh, a Terminator short form improv thing. But... <laughs> because what you do, what you do... Is you get you get suggestions because I'm a big fan. We're not going to do this for our show, but I'm a big fan of getting suggestions written down so you can read them out because that's kind of you're not slowing down the show to get suggestions. Oh, you do that as well, and with your in short form, group. yeah. yeah. Um, only when we have a longer slot, though. Mm. Yeah. Um. So we do that in our own shows if we've got a full hour. We'll have audience write things on the way in. Mm. Yes. Just because I feel like pacing is really important with short form it's very easy to yes. spend a whole lot of time just chatting with the audience rather yes. than doing stuff and like explaining constantly what each of the games are so um i think when i host that i really really try to keep that to a minimum yes. so that it's still entertaining and not just come see Stephen chat for an hour and hey. shout things at him oh no that sounds amazing <laughs> i want to do that show i think that'd be brilliant um yeah, my, ter my Terminator short form game. Anyway, what Go you on. do, what you do, the idea is that Terminator takes place not only in the 1980s, but in every single time period through history. <laughs> so we would ask for a historical period and we would ask for a, a job for Sarah Connor. And so we would then play through Terminator, but we'd be set in the French Revolution or something like that. Oh, I um, love it. There's like a very specific event every time yes. period that triggers something and has a knock-on effect. Like maybe one time... 
he just goes back and steps on a very particular butterfly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and, you know, every time we've got to have someone saying, come with me if you want to live. Oh, yeah. Or, uh, but you have those kind of uh, Terminator beats, but then yeah. you said it in ancient Greece or something like that. Love it. Um, anyway, well, that, we're not, that's, that's not our show this time, but if anyone wants to do that. <laughs> right, so. There's an aqueduct in Terminator as well, isn't there, where they, they take the big car down, big truck down the, isn't that like a, a watery thing? That sort of. Yes. Yes? Yes. I, I don't actually know. It's been a long time, and I'm it's... not super good with my <laughs> like architectural engineering uh, vocabulary. That's fine. It sounded good. Yeah. That looked like a thing that would fit in ancient Greece as well. Or was that the Romans that did the that? Romans. Do you think Romans? Well, yeah. whatever. I mean, yeah. I, mean I, I, I love your uh, dedication <laughs> to historical accuracy uh, <laughs> in the face of ignorance, if that's not too strong a word. I'm North American. I'm ignorant about the world at large. History. It's fine. I mean, it's a well-established trope. Go ahead. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, call-out is going to be a song lyric. Uh, should we decide who's going to ask for the call-out? Uh, it doesn't really matter. Just uh, I'm just thinking, so when we go on, we just... Right, it doesn't really matter. But... Well, as the person who initiated this project, I feel like you should get first dibs if you are somebody who likes getting call-outs. I'm happy to do that. All right, good. You can introduce us. And, yes. Uh, do call Yeah, brilliant. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm happy to do that. Uh, and we have to stand in. Uh, I have to go on the left, Chris down in the middle, and then you on the right, facing. Oh, I assumed we'd stand in order of height. Oh, we can do that. That's also <laughs> fine. That's a level of planning that perhaps uh, is more than necessary. Um, okay, so um, so we've got our call out. Are we all going to leave the stage and then, or actually, I think it's better if. We just stay on the stage. You don't want to clear and then initiate from the side. I can do. I, I, I'm happy if we do that. But there's part of me that just thinks we just we're already on the stage. We just start. Yeah. Just that might be interesting to navigate with three people. Yes. Shall we walk around for a little bit just to and then stop after, just so that we find ourselves in a different. So we start moving and then count to whatever, <laughs> three. <laughs> And then find ourselves in that position. So we've got a... Oh, like the chair thing where they... Yeah. Yeah. Them right. yeah. So then that might give us attention between the three of us. Well, hey, we're being so responsible by having a rehearsal before our show. Why don't we try it? And see yeah. <laughs> I mean, we could try just starting... It's... Yeah, it's tricky to start a scene standing in the line, in line at the front of the stage. Well, no, no. Not necessarily impossible. No, I wouldn't necessarily do that, but we just move to a position on the stage uh, right. um, and do that rather than go off and then come back on again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it, well, you know, even if one person wanted to go off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all three of us. Immediately, <laughs> fuck this shit. I'm out of here. You do this I'll scene. I'll watch you from this. It's a terrible suggestion. Do you know what? That's fine. <laughs> That's fine. You two don't want to do anything. I'll do it on my own. No, no. Um, I don't think I like that side of me there. Um, so yeah, so just uh, yeah, we, we could we could move. You know, definitely move around the stage, but then you know, without leaving and coming back on again. I just think it'd look a bit sure smooth sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of got us into the first scene. So are we going? I mean, we don't necessarily have to decide this now, but are we going to? Um, have something that links the scenes that we are um, doing is it just going to be 
So um, is it kind of going to be set in the same world of the first scene? Or is it going to be a series of just scenes that may be linked if we like, and maybe not? Well, I feel like in a montage type thing, which I guess is what we're looking at, you mm. maybe don't want to have everything be literally in the same world with the same people, because it can be kind of limiting. Yeah? So, yeah, I mean, we could take themes and stuff to link or do something tangential or take the character out or you know your standard montage type things yes yeah, i no, feel like that's so listen to your wise words thing, and right? use that. yeah 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 it's <laughs> just what uh, christelle mentioned about um with the motion play yeah. they had a lo they had a location ah. um i mean we don't, we don't have to it's just i don't know there's something i kind of there's something there that i think is interesting worth exploring oh. are you interested in having something like that link things christelle you mean there's this, the, the, the a location or a theme or anything like that to specifically link? I don't know. I I, I think there should be something that links. Yeah. The, that gives us a framework. Sure. But um, whether it's the location or it needs to be something that's established from the beginning, mm -hmm. doesn't it? I mean, I like the idea of nothing nothing that's going to tie us down too much, but, um, you know, if it could be set in the same sort of world or something like that. Mm. So um, we could be different characters each time, but it, it could be taking place in the same imaginary world. So, for example, if our first scene was set in the drawing room of a mansion house or something mm. like that, then the next scene might be a completely different story, but it might be the servants down, mm. you know, down below wherever servants go. And then another scene could be in the garden. It could be completely different characters. So something very tied to location. Pot potentially location, yeah. Well, location might be might be a fun thing to play with. reality. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe we'll initiate in Narnia or something, and then that's the... Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, the fun thing there to be would be to have one in Narnia, and then another one in The Lord of the Rings, and then have the characters meet, and then a different... That, that, that would be my instinct for that, but that's maybe a little bit too... Nerd. There's no <laughs> such thing. As, I, no, you just I mean no. that in the most loving way possible. Uh, <laughs> yes. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we don't have to, and it's fine if we did a load of scenes that weren't connected. I just think if there was a, a uniting thing, yeah. so we're not doing necessarily a whole plot, we're getting away from plot, but just, you know, if there were some sort of connections and a location might be the fun way to do it. Sure. Yeah. Well... Hey, we all like the motion play. Why don't we try just stealing just, that? Just be like them. I feel like that's fine in improv. <laughs> See it, take it. It's yours now. Well, it's a well-established uh, songwriting technique, isn't it? You you take a song that you really like and you try and copy it, but they end up it's being completely different because you, well, in my case, because you're not that same person. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You don't know how they did it or what any of the chords are or how to tune your guitar. But that's just me. Um, but what other elements could unify? Um, the... it, uh, it could be an emotion. It could be the emotion inspired by the song lyric. Yeah. Um, it could be sort of thematic. So it could be if the first scene was somebody breaking up with somebody. It could be about relationships or... I don't know. Specifically having your heart broken. Yes. Were you, okay. For 15 minutes. Yeah, that's fine. I'd watch that. There was a, there was a Wednesday drop-in at the nursery where... 
I got dumped by two separate people in two separate scenes. That was surprisingly <laughs> emotionally grueling night, actually. Aww. Anyway. Uh, in a good way, though. In right? a good way, yes. Just like therapy, it has to get worse before I get to yes. that. Yes. Um, yeah, so, um, yeah, so it could, could be an emotion, it could be a location, it could be an object. Watch out. Mm. You know, sure. I, mean, I, I don't know, but... I don't know. I suppose the thing is, if, if a natural link suggests itself, we can go for it. But if it doesn't, I mean, as long as we don't tell anybody that's what we're trying to do by, say, recording <laughs> it and then putting it on the internet, yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, they'll yeah. never know whether no, we succeeded no or failed. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Um, okay, that's brilliant. So, um, and then how are we getting from scene to scene? I'd assume sweep edits. Yeah. Or I don't really or... want to be tagged. I don't really sweet, like sweet edits. Really, I don't like being tagged. Do you not like being tagged out of things because you're having fun in them? Yes, <laughs> and even Aww. if I'm not having fun, I don't like being tagged out, and I don't like tagging in because I never know when to tag people in. Oh, do you feel like you're sort of being relieved, like in a boxing match, because you're clearly flagging? <laughs> and what about doing an edit uh, um, through? So is someone swipe or just um, create another scene by describing it, by painting it. So sure, somebody's, you know, the scene is happening and then the third person is kind of um, describes Ooh. the continuation of it. Yeah. Yes. So there's a kind of a bit of narration. Yes. So Ooh, I like that. So mixing the narration with... The trick is to narrate it without it becoming narrative. Mm. So you it's descriptive. Can... Descriptive. It's a descriptive narrative. Yes, 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 yes. So That's it's exactly not it. it's not uh, and then they went da da da, da. Yes. it's and and the tear rolled down and or um you know and the uh, the you know describing painting uh, either the the room or painting something that changes yeah. into something else. Um I like um, describing no one. No, 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 no. I really like that idea. I like that idea of, so, you know, we could, yeah. Um, yeah, I like that. Should we do that? Well, let's give it a try. Um, I feel like any of these will work. It's just what we enjoy the most. Yes. So, in true improv spirit, let's just stick around and see what happens. Give it a go, yes. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, yes. Uh... With a sweep edit, can we do that thing where we hook around and then start the scene? Yeah. Hook around? What do you mean? Um, go on, explain. Like, instead of sweeping in and just going to the side, just jump straight back in because there's only three of us. So if you swipe something, you're probably in the next thing. Just so we don't have dead stage time? Is yes. that what you're thinking? Yes. Good. Yes. yes. That's what we were thinking. Okay. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. And also, if... Um, because I was watching Heather and Joe's... Um, show the name of which is i can't remember because it's 10 million oh heather and jules's heather and uh, Jules. 10, 000 million love story. might edit yeah. that bit i'm not gonna edit any of it might edit that bit no. yeah sorry <laughs> heather and jules um yes what's it called Ten Thousand Million love stories that's right um and the way i feel like that's a reference to a lyric or something yes there's a take that song it's very yeah. similar oh. is there another thing as well i just presumed it was a take that reference we should ask huh I don't actually know. Take that doesn't quite seem like it would emotionally resonate with what they do, but all right. 
Um, yeah, uh, I'll save my take that improv show. No, no, no. <laughs> it's purely Duran Duran and Terminator that I'm interested in uh, bringing together. Um, but they, they would, they could, they would just both, they would walk off the stage. So mm. we don't have to be swept. We can just walk off the stage if we mm. think the scene's ended or something like that. Certainly. Um, We're adults. We can do whatever we want. <laughs> just trust the other people to pay attention and make it work. Yes. And if there are only three of us, that should be pretty easy to pay attention because there's like, not that many people to watch. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Is, is there anything else we need to decide? What are we going to wear? Oh, oh well, now that's important. Oh, yes. I that's, mean, that's... that's a whole other hour-long podcast, right? <laughs> Yeah. Maybe I could do that. Uh, no, I, hey, I just thought, um, I kind of quite like it when um, the people look like they're a gang, so they don't mm. want to be all dressed the same, but, and I feel this way about bands as well, it's like, I want them to all be individuals and have their own look, but I kind of also want them to be look like they're in this thing together. I don't know. Yeah. What do you, what do you reckon? I don't know. I mean, I mostly just own jeans and t-shirts and I have like a black work shirt like that. So, I mean, not to be overly pushy, but I, I genuinely, I own jeans and t-shirts and, oh, I do own a tuxedo as well, though, because you wear them for orchestras. So there's not really a lot of middle ground. I like the way you're real. Already uh, cold. No, no middle ground for you. No compromise. Well, I mean, anything worth doing, Stuart. <laughs> worth doing right. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. So no stripy t-shirt. Yeah, uh, stripy t-shirt. No, I don't have stripy. <laughs> I wish I owned the stripy t-shirt. It's a good life goal, I think. <laughs> horizontal or vertical? Oh, you know, I think, I think horizontal. Yeah, it has to be horizontal. Okay, I'm going to take your Vertical's advice. Vertical's not flattering. <laughs> it's not flattering unless your shape is straight up and down. Otherwise, it kind of like distorts a little bit. It really draws attention to the love handles, I think. Uh, we can't have that. No. no. Our love handle, handles are our own. Secret. Yes. <laughs> They're only for me. They're only for us. Oh, what about black then? Shall we stick with black? Hey. It's a color hey, that goes with anything. You can go wrong with black. All black or just black on top <clears throat> and like jeans or something. Uh, yeah, jeans and black top. Yes. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's why we're thing I wear all the time. Hey, jeans and black top it is. Magnificent. Like simple. Yes. Simple black top. Yes. Maybe we could be like mimes, like Polonek. <laughs> black Polonek and jeans. Or just like paint our faces really, really white with red lips, and that's the thing that shows that we're all together. Yeah. And we just wear whatever we want. <laughs> yeah. I would be fine. With that. Just paint one ear yes. white. I mean, any excuse, right? Yeah. Wear a red lipstick or something. Yeah, down with that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So that's decided. Good. Okay, we got I'm glad we had this discussion. I feel like this has been a very productive use of our time. I agree. Unless there's anything else, I think we'd better, better rehearse. Let's hop to yes. it. Let's hop to it. Right? Improv ho. Improv ho. Woo. <laughs> I made this. That's improv. <laughs> <laughs>